Welcome to church everybody, it's great to have you with us. Uh, really looking forward to this week as we embark on this brand new month of May. I can't believe that uh, March and April are gone already and I'm really looking forward to uh, what God has in store for us in this month of May ahead. Uh, today is uh, the first Sunday of the month as we normally do, we will be doing communion later in the service. Um, so if you haven't come prepared for that, um, then why not take a moment um, in the very near future to go and grab something that you can use to, uh, to do that with us. Um, so we're doing that towards the very end of the service this morning. Uh, we have got a, a wonderful set of worship for us now where we can, can worship the Lord. And this week, if you haven't other weeks, uh, I know I've just sat down in, on my couch watching um, and, and worshipping along. But I know it's sometimes harder to sing when you sit down. So why don't we this week all stand up together and, and worship the Lord so we can lift our voices high in praise of Jesus. Uh, so why don't you join with us now as we do that. Hallelujah. 
Welcome back. I love worshipping together as a family in this time. Uh, it's been really precious um, sitting alongside my family and, and together worshipping with you all. Uh, it's, it's wonderful that we can still do that in our own homes. I just wanted to uh, bring uh, a few announcements. Um, this week, plastering was completed in the church hall, uh, in the chapel area. Uh, so it, it already looks amazing. There'll be some photos at the end of the service. So uh, if you'd like to hang around to the end, you can see those. And uh, it really already changes uh, the building and lightens that space up so much. Um, so we'll be getting the painting done in the next little while as well. Um, so hopefully by the time that we're all back and we are to worship together, there'll be a brand new look and feel in our auditorium space. Uh, so I'm really excited about that. Uh, I'd also just like to encourage us to continue giving um, through this time for those that are able, um, that uh, we continue to do that in worship of the Lord. And, and if you aren't able to do that with your finances at the moment, um, then there's other ways that you can still continue to worship the Lord um, with your time, uh, with your talent. And, uh, you know, if, if, if the treasure side of things at the moment is a little bit light, um, please don't feel pressured to give in that way at the moment. Um, but I encourage you to give of yourself in service of others in the service of Jesus uh, in, in as many ways as possible. 
Uh, we really want to encourage um, everybody who is connecting together um, through phone calls, through Skype or Zoom or anything else. Um, it's been great to have a few more of the, um, the small groups meeting together this week. Uh, it's been really encouraging um, to see those people connecting in that way and still enjoying each other's company and, uh, and being encouraged um, through, through that. We also have a Zoom meeting at the end of every service. Um, so for those that are connecting with us through Church Online, um, there will be that box that pops up where you can just click on the button and it should take you straight through to the Zoom meeting. Um, so uh, in, enjoy that. Um, that'll be sort of five or ten minutes after the service concludes. Um, and uh, yeah, really looking forward to, uh, to seeing people face to face. Today we are going to be continuing our series in Hebrews 11. So if you've got your Bibles, get them out and uh, you should hopefully by now know where Hebrews is and chapter 11 should be where the bookmark is almost and we'll also be jumping back into Genesis again today as we look at the story of Noah. Um, but before we um, start, uh, I really just wanted to um, mention a few things. Um, first of all, uh, the leadership team have um, been meeting by email um, as we haven't been able to meet in person. Um, and uh, we're also trying to work through the next scheduled May members meeting. So we're not going to make any decisions on when we do that yet. It might be postponed to when it was originally advertised um, because we might not be meeting again together in our building at that time. If we are, then it will go ahead as planned. If not, there are a few things that we do need to um, bring before the members and uh, have the approval given um, from the members. Uh, so if uh, there isn't any way to make that happen um, physically together, um, we might have to do things like a postal vote or something like that. Um, so we're just working through that at the moment, but I just thought I'd keep you updated that, um, you know, the governance side of things is still um, in, firmly in front of mind and, and making sure that we do adhere to the uh, things that we have to do as a church um, together. And uh, so I just wanted to give that sort of bit of a notice to everybody this week. Um, but uh, now let's uh, get into our message today. Well, so far we have looked at Abel who has worshipped God. We have looked at Enoch who walked with God. And today we are going to be looking at Noah who worked for God from verse 7 of chapter 11 of Hebrews. Now the story of Noah is a very familiar story to most of us, I'm sure. But when we are familiar with something, we can sometimes be blind to the whole information being portrayed. Uh, through this semi-lockdown period uh, that we are in, I I'm sure that we are more familiar and getting more familiar uh, with our homes and, and with all different aspects of living inside than we were necessarily before. And if you're like me, then you're very familiar with the fridge. But when you can be familiar with something, we can be blind to the whole information. When I was growing up, my parents um, threw me a surprise birthday party. So one night we'd had tea um, all together and, uh, you know, if birthdays are going to start somewhere, you know, you'd sort of think that about 7.30pm would be about right. But mum and dad, they were good and tricky and it was just a regular weeknight, I think it was even. And um, they had arranged for all of my friends to come to our house as a surprise party at 8pm. And so I was just sitting down after tea watching television with the family. And then all of a sudden, all these people arrived. And then, to my shock and amazement, mum pulls out all of this food, including a massive big cheesecake. And uh, I was really puzzled as to where all this food came from. And so uh, it was a great party and uh, it was lovely to spend that time with my friends and, and to be celebrated. And I still sort of was puzzled where on earth, we didn't have a second fridge or anything and I'd been in that fridge regularly. And uh, mum said to me, well, you, don't, you, you never look on the top and bottom shelf. So that's where I hid all the food. And so it was quite interesting to me that something could be play, uh, hiding in plain sight. Uh, and, and it obviously worked too, because I didn't see any of it. So when we're familiar with something, we can miss 
the whole story. We can miss seeing all the information. We can miss seeing things because we ignore, we skip, we, we, we don't pay attention necessarily to what God might be wanting to show us or we gloss over something. Uh, we only look in the middle, we don't look at the top and the bottom shelves. So today as we dive into this story of Noah, which I, I know that for many of us, we, we, we probably think we're very familiar with, uh, I want us to, to do it like I dive into a cheesecake, slowly savouring every tasty mouthful. But before we do that, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we want to ask that you today would help us see all that you want to show us and teach us from the story of Noah. Lord, please open our ears to hear, our eyes to see, and our hearts to feel the message that you have for us today. Speak to us now through the scriptures we pray. Amen. All right, we're going to start now with Hebrews chapter 11 verse 7. So get your Bibles out and if not, the verses will be on the screen today. By faith, Noah, being warned by God concerning events as yet unseen, in reverent fear, constructed an ark for the saving of his household. By this, he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. So Noah was warned by God that a great flood was going to come upon the earth. He was then told by God to get to work to build an ark to save him and his household and to save the animals of the earth too. And he did so, it says here, in reverent fear. See, the writer of Hebrews gives us some additional information about what occurred when Noah built the ark. He says that by working for God, by building the ark, Noah condemned the world. Now, when I read that, I thought, what does that mean? How can someone doing what God has asked them to do condemn the world? It means, though, that Noah's righteous obedience to God showed, by contrast, how sinful the world was to reject Noah's message and God's moral standards. See, Noah was making a massive physical statement that destruction was coming. But the people, all of whom it seemed, you know, were too wicked other than Noah. And they refused to listen. They were content in their godlessness and so were condemned by God as well. You see, Noah prepared for things to come. He did not live for the present. By continuing to believe the promises of God, even when everyone else disbelieved them, Noah inherited a new world after the flood. Noah's faith led to the preservation of his family. And likewise, as we continue to trust God, we will encourage others to do so, and they will also enter into their inheritance if they follow our example of faithful perseverance. So let's understand what Noah was doing a little bit more by heading over to Genesis chapter 6 and looking at this story more in depth. We know that the writer of Hebrews commends Noah's work of faith and that his faithfulness to God clearly showed the contrast of the unfaithful and sinful world in which Noah lived but let's take a look at it from Genesis chapter 6. So turn with me there. We're going to start in verse 5. Genesis chapter 6, verses 5 to 8. The Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every intention of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And the Lord regretted that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him to his heart. So the Lord said, I will blot out man whom I have created from the face of the land, man and animals and creeping things and birds of the heavens, for I am sorry that I have made them. But Noah found favour in the eyes of the Lord. So the world which God had created 
had gone wrong. God had given us the ability to choose how to live and man had rejected good and instead had turned to evil. This is a very fast downward spiral from Adam and Eve living in pure harmony in the garden with God to sin entering. Then Cain kills Abel in chapter 4 and here in chapter 6, God regrets having ever made man on earth and is grieved by our actions. God then decides to wipe us all out. But then comes Noah. Verse 9. These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a righteous man, blameless in his generation. Noah walked with God. Ah, he was a righteous man who worshipped God. He was a righteous man and was blameless. He didn't have any flaws in his faithfulness to God. And Noah too walked with God like Enoch. Noah lived a life of faithfulness and close communion with God. In verse 11, we are then told that the earth was corrupt and filled with violence. And then God speaks to Noah and says that he is going to wipe it all out. He is going to destroy the people that he has created because of their immoral behavior. And then Noah is commissioned to work for God. He is given detailed descriptions and measurements of what he is supposed to build. This ark was going to be around 140 meters long. It was to be longer than the pyramids of Giza at all. As far as size goes, if a cubit is around 45, 50 centimeters or so, it's somewhere in there, it could be built inside the MCG, but, but only just. It was a massive undertaking from, for a man who was around 500 to 600 years old. See, we're not told how long it took Noah to build the ark or how old he was when he started, but we are told that he had three sons when he was 500 years old and that he was 600 years old when God sent the floodwaters. And I'm sure that if we were fit, alive and healthy and going well at 500 to 600 years old, we'd probably learn some great building techniques and deploy great wisdom in constructing something of this magnitude. And remember, Noah walked with God. And so I reckon when he got stumped with something, when he came to an issue that he, he couldn't you know, quite solve by himself, I reckon he would have pretty easily and naturally had a quiet word with God and, and asked for some direction and help. If you want to think about the construction of the ark and how big it was, the inside capacity would have been about 40,000 cubic metres. An approximate total deck area would have been some 9,000 square metres. This was not a small object at all. Now, as Noah's building this ark over however many years, Imagine what everyone else around Noah would have been saying to him while he's building this massive boat, seemingly nowhere near a large body of water. Imagine the ridicule as Noah cut down forests worth of trees, as he builds this massive boat, as he keeps telling people time and time again that the destruction of the earth was coming. And as he no doubt he and his children go around catching and collecting pairs of all kinds of animals and birds and, and reptiles and everything, as well as food and seeds and everything else they'd need. Surely there would have been some questions raised as to what on earth this crazy family of Noah are doing. That in itself is a remarkable testimony to the faithfulness of Noah. And Noah is given seven days notice of the flood. And so he does all that is commanded of him. Read with me from Genesis chapter 7 and verse 11. In the 600th year of Noah's life, 
In the second month, on the seventh day of the month, on that day all the fountains of the great deep burst forth, and the windows of the heavens were opened, and rain fell upon the earth forty days and forty nights. On the very same day Noah and his sons, Shem and Ham and Japheth, and Noah's wife and three wives of his sons with them entered the ark. They and every beast according to his kind, and all the livestock according to their kinds, and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth according to its kind, and every bird according to its kind, every winged creature. They went into the ark with Noah, two and two of all flesh, in which was the breath of life. And those that entered, male and female of all flesh, went in as God had commanded him, and the Lord shut him in. God shuts them in. The massive door that Noah had built in the side of the ark according to God's instructions and directions, a door that would have been too large you know, to handle by human strength, a door that had to be large enough to fit the fattest and the tallest animals, that door would have weighed an enormity made out of solid wood. And it would have been humanly impossible to close. That's the door that God closes for them and shuts them in. And then the rain comes, as God had promised. It falls for 40 days and 40 nights, as well as the fountains of the deep bursting forth, while Noah and his family are isolated inside this ark as a family with all these different animals. You know, everything on land was wiped out. And we're told here in Genesis that the waters last some 150 days. Then it takes around 150 days for them to subside. And then the earth dries out for a further 70 days before Noah finally and his family are able to exit the ark. They were in that ark for 370 days in total, just over a year. Now, for most of us, that felt like March, let alone April. <laughs> but imagine being in that ark for over a year. The smell of all those animals, the close quarters, I am sure cabin fever set in. And to think also that, that everyone whom they had ever known, other than their own family, were now dead. That, that would have been a really tough thing to go through, no doubt, thinking and, and, and dwelling on that fact. They were all who remained. Then we read Genesis chapter 8, verses 15 to 9, 1, and 9, 8 to 17. Then God said to Noah, Go out from the ark, you and your wife, and your sons and your sons' wives with you. Bring out with you every living thing that is with you of all flesh, birds and animals, and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth, that they may swarm on the earth and be fruitful and multiply on the earth. So Noah went out, and his sons, and his wife, and his sons' wives with them. Every beast, every creeping thing, and every bird, everything that moves on the earth went out by families from the ark. Then Noah built an altar to the Lord, and took some of every clean animal, and some of every clean bird, and offered burnt offerings on the altar. And when the Lord smelled the pleasing aroma, the Lord said in his heart, I will never again curse the ground because of man, for the intention of man's heart is evil from his youth. Neither will I ever again strike down every living creature as I have done. While the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night shall not cease. And God blessed Noah and his sons and said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the earth. Then God said to Noah and his sons with him, I establish my covenant with you, that never again shall all flesh be cut off by the waters of the flood, and never again shall there be a flood to destroy the earth. And God said, 
This is the sign of the covenant that I am making between me and you and every living creature that is with you for all future generations. I have set my bow in the cloud and it shall be a sign of the covenant between me and the earth. When I bring clouds over the earth and the bow is seen in the clouds, I will remember my covenant that is between me and you and every living creature of all flesh. And the waters shall never again become a flood to destroy all flesh. When the bow is in the clouds, I will see it and remember the everlasting covenant between God and every living creature of all flesh that is on the earth. God said to Noah, This is the sign of the covenant that I have established between me and all flesh that is on the earth. Once out of the ark, the first thing that Noah does is he builds an altar to the Lord and he sacrifices some animals that came out of the ark with him to the Lord. Noah worships God. Through the whole ordeal, through the year on the ark, through the building of the ark, through hundreds of years of his life, Noah remained faithful to the Lord. And the first opportunity he has to worship God the moment he steps out of the ark, he does it. Noah demonstrates his great faith before the flood by building the ark. And again, as soon as he's out of the ark, by building an altar to worship God. Then God establishes his covenant with Noah and and all the animals that he will never again send a great flood to cover the earth. And the rainbow is given as a sign of that covenant. When God sees that rainbow, he will remember his covenant. And just as God gave the commissioning to Adam and Eve to be fruitful and multiply, he again gives it to Noah and his family. And I firmly believe that this commissioning is still in place today. God has not commanded that we stop being fruitful and multiplying. But I want to ask us a few questions about how we might deploy fruitfulness and multiplication once we too are set free from our own homely arcs, if you like. How can you be fruitful now in your faith that will set up great multiplication once you are released? Noah worshipped God, he walked with God, And he worked for God. Today's challenge for us all is to discover the work that God has for us during this time. And and what he might uh, have for us when we're out of this time. So that the gospel would indeed be fruitful and God's kingdom would indeed multiply because of our faith in action. Because of our worship, walking and work for God. See, there is hope returning. As some restrictions are looking like they might be lifted soon, but that means that there is a great and exciting work ahead for us. There is an opportunity for the hope of the gospel to be proclaimed by us who live out a life of faith. For the hope of the gospel to multiply here in the northeast through the faithful work of his servants and wherever you are as well. What is the work that God is asking of you in reverent fear? Hebrews 11.7 says that Noah undertook this work for God in reverent fear. It was not an easy thing to do, but he did it because of the reverent fear that he had for the Lord. Fear might be one thing that we have to overcome for us to be faithful in completing the work that God has for us and and have that human fear replaced by a reverent fear with God. I mean, we might have to overcome our personal human fears, our, our professional fears, family fears or financial fears. You know, God has got work for you to do in reverent fear of him as we too exit our arcs of isolation in the coming weeks. I said this earlier, Noah prepared for things to come. He did not live for the present present. 
by continuing to believe the promises of God, even when everyone else disbelieved them, Noah inherited a new world after the flood. Noah's faith led to the preservation of his family. Likewise, as we continue to trust God, we will encourage others to do so and they will also enter into their inheritance if they follow our example of faithful perseverance. And so, continue to prepare for the things to come. Believe the promises of God and work hard for the new world that we are going to be walking into. Trust God and encourage others to trust in the Lord and the hope that is in the gospel. And as you step out in faith to accomplish the work that God has for you, continue to worship God and continue to walk with God and step boldly out into the work for God that he has for you so that others might follow our example of faithful perseverance so that others might be saved. We're now going to come to a time of communion. A time where we come before God in in reverence and, and gratitude of his great sacrifice for us. That sacrifice that paid the penalty for our sins, enabling us to live in the freedom of the gospel And with that great hope for a future with God sealed by the blood of Christ. To lead us in this reflection, let me read 1 Peter chapter 5 verse 10. And after you have suffered for a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore, confirm, strengthen and establish you. Suffering is a part of the Christian life of faith. But our suffering, from God's perspective of our time in this world, is notably brief. And so no matter how long or intense our suffering may be, it will be short compared to the joys of eternity. Peter tells us that God who has called us in Christ will restore, confirm, strengthen and establish us. This is a great reminder that God will eventually restore whatever we have lost for the sake of Christ. Our faith in the gospel of Jesus Christ will be confirmed. Though we may suffer at times now, it will be followed by eternal glory. And God, who has called us by his grace, will fortify us with his strength so that we are able to endure to the end. We will be strengthened and we will be established for eternity. All of this is only possible because of the sacrifice of Christ on the cross who on the very night before he was betrayed and as he was sitting with his disciples, he took bread and when he had given thanks, he broke it. And he said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, he also took the cup after supper saying, this cup is the new covenant of my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The Apostle Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 11 verse 26, For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. We today, as we partake the Lord's Supper, proclaim his death until he returns. And in proclaiming death, what we are proclaiming is, in fact, victory that has been won. And that God will, through the love and grace displayed by his Son on the cross, he will restore, confirm, strengthen and establish us. Let us eat and drink in memory of him in our own time as we worship the Lord in song as well. 
So I'd encourage you throughout this next moment of time to eat and drink in memory of the victory of Jesus.
Well, it's great to have you uh, all joining with us again for church today. I really trust that uh, as you've been uh, encouraged this morning by the word through Noah, that uh, there will be wonderful works for you to do in glory of God and that bring the hope of the gospel to the northeast um, for those that are of our faith community here in this region. And for those that are not in our region, I was, I'd encourage you to, to continue to work for God in ways that He is leading you into, where He has placed you for His plans and purposes right now. It wasn't it great to have that wonderful rain this week uh, that helps replenish our earth and uh, a great encouragement to all to see the heavens open and replenish our earth. And uh, it was interesting as I was preparing this uh, for this service this week with the story of Noah and hearing those heavy rains, you know, sort of think, gee, imagine that just going on heavy for 40 days and 40 nights. It would be quite, quite bizarre indeed, I'm sure. And uh, I'm really pleased that God has promised never to do that again because I don't want to experience anything like that. Uh, but, uh, you know, as we head out into this week ahead, uh, I just want to be an encouragement to you uh, to uh, really look forward to, you know, what is in store for us when we can meet together, when we can uh, be, be f- more free in our movement and uh, get back out there. You know, there's going to be a lot of things that we can do for the gospel of Christ and, uh, and for, to bring hope to, to our region. Um, so please, please look forward with me to those things. Um, in just a moment, there's a few photos that people have sent through of them doing church together. If you'd like to um, share some, then please send them through to me. Uh, it'll be great to, uh, to be able to encourage others with those photos still. And uh, uh, we also have some photos of the renovations, uh, some sort of some mid-project mid snaps. Uh, so I'd encourage you that things are still going ahead um, in many ways. Uh, we are still looking forward to a bright future together. And uh, I just uh, take this time now to, to bless you and all that you're doing for his work here Uh, right where you are and uh, may God strengthen you may he encourage you may he really bring you uh, a restoration may he confirm you may he strengthen you and may he establish you this day I pray Uh, blessings to you all